Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. The end is at hand. The end is at hand. What does that make you think about? It kind of frames your thinking. You think you're thinking probably a lot of different thoughts right there, but what does that make you think about? And it's something that we have seen throughout time as people try to predict the end of times. You might remember this. This was back in 2012. It was called the Mayan calendar scare. When everybody thought the Mayan calendar was going to run out, and when it ran out, that was the end of everything. That was it. It was over. Maybe if you're old enough, I remember this. The end is at hand. This was back in the late 50s, early 60s. Nuclear proliferation was throughout the world. Everyone thought that the United States and the Soviet Union were going to destroy the world, and that's what we saw. People walking around with signs, the end is at hand. You'll also notice the inscription at the bottom, 1 Peter 4, verse 7, on that sign. I did not put that there. That is the beginning of the text for this evening that we're going to take a look at. When you think of the end, some of you may think of this. Bucket list. I read an article last week that said 95% of Americans either have a bucket list or they're thinking about one. See, when we start thinking about the end, it can become a discipline for us. One of the things that Peter does tonight in our scriptures is he starts with the end of all things that at hand. The end of all things is at hand. Now, when we think about that as Christians, we think of two things. We think about the return of Jesus Christ or our own death. When we will be at peace with Jesus. But it does frame our way of thinking, and this is not the heart of the message for tonight. What I'm doing with this is doing what Peter did for the people that he was preaching to that he was writing to in Asia Minor. People that had come to faith, and it was a godless area. People that come to faith had come to faith, and Peter writes in 1 Peter, for them to remain steadfast, for them to endure. In our text tonight, he shows us what we are to do as people who have been given new life in Christ, and we are to be stewards of God's grace and his mercy. And we are to use the gifts that we've been given to go out into the world and share that message so others may have the new life in Christ that we have. Peter uses that opening so it puts a frame around what we're thinking daily in our lives. How we should discipline ourselves to think, what if Jesus came right now? What if I died tonight? If Jesus came, what would he find me doing? Peter says, let me tell you. And that's where we're going to start with our scripture for tonight. Peter first says, be sober-minded and for the sake of your prayers, for the sake of your prayers. Be sober-minded. That means to be clear and focused 
for the sake of your prayers. When I think about being clear and focused, we have to think about prayer. And it's the first thing he mentions is in his text is prayer. And when we think about being focused in prayer, we automatically, it seems to me, we think of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And during Lent, that is something that we always, is right before us. And Jesus was praying for what? The will of the Father to be done. That was his focus. The will of the Father was that Jesus Christ would suffer and die for you. That was the will of the Father. And when we pray, what is the will of the Father for us? That we would share that same message with the world so they too might live, pray, self-controlled, sober-minded, focused in prayer, praying for one another, remaining in prayer. That's where we start. Now, the heart of the message is probably right here in verse 8. Above all, above all, I want you to think about this. In the re- above all else that I'm going to tell you, keep loving one another earnestly. He's preaching, to, he's writing this to the people in the church. Love one another. Okay, sometimes in our sinful nature, that's not always easy for us to do, is it? Sometimes we go, well, I might like them, but it's not easy for us sometimes when we think about that. But Peter says, we are to love one another earnestly. He says, since love covers a multitude of sins. When we think about loving each other, we think about forgiveness. And in forgiveness, we think about Jesus Christ. We think about his love for us. And you think about in all the sins, the multitude of sins that Christ has forgiven. Can we love one another? Can we forgive one another? One of the things that I want to share with you tonight when we talk about love, and it's a beautiful picture of God's love. In the gospel reading, just read moments ago, It says, and when those who were around him saw what would follow, they said, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? That doesn't sound like God's will, does it? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. If you want to know more about this individual, his name was Malchus, and if you go to John 18, you can read about Malchus. But Jesus said, no more of this. And he touched the ear and healed him. Now when we consider God's love, this is a beautiful picture right here that sometimes in the gospel we pass over very quickly. We said, yeah, he got his ear cut off and Jesus put it back on. This really describes the beauty of God's forgiveness in terms of loving one another. Peter is the one who took out his sword and struck at Malchus. Okay, you got to remember, this is at night. When you're wielding a sword at night, it could go anywhere. I'm guessing this was probably meant to be a death blow. It turned out that it cut off Malchus' right ear. 
Jesus says, no more of this. This is not who we are. Love one another. And then he gives the best example that he could ever give because he's the perfect teacher. He's Jesus. No more of this, Peter. And it's like he said, watch this. Watch this. Touches the man's right, right ear. And he heals him. Now, there's a lot going on with that when you think about it. Right there, Jesus has once again revealed to everyone there, this crowd that come out to, came, out, that came out to take him away and arrest him and take him to the cross, Jesus revealed once again that he is God. Right there in front of everybody. He healed this man. The love of God for this man who would come to arrest him. And then when you think about this, you may have thought about this, this is the last miracle of Jesus before he goes to the cross. Interesting, isn't it? The last miracle of Jesus before he goes to the cross is healing the man's ear, showing his love for this man who had come to arrest him. Yeah, you know what? I think we can love one another. I think we can forgive one another because that's who Jesus is. That's what we're supposed to do. That's what he wants us to do. This is a very touchy moment when you think about it. As we back up, by the way, that's an illustration of the healing of Malchus here. The next thing that that Peter writes to the church is he says, show hospitality. Hospitality is about caring for one another, loving one another, blessing one another, and inviting in visitors and strangers, okay, to care for them, showing hospitality. Inviting strangers into your home. I want you to think about the hospitality that has been shown to you and me by our Savior. If you go back to 1 Peter 3.21, you read the words, Baptism doth now save us. God welcomes us into his home. Jesus calls us to be his own through the waters of holy baptism. He gives us a name. We're part of his family. And as he welcomes us in, he said, I'm going to care for you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to nurture you with my word. And not only that, I'm going to feed you with the bread and wine of my body and blood outpoured. That's hospitality. Now, an example of Christian hospitality would be this. I don't know if any of you might remember about two or three weeks ago, there was a massive snowstorm in Texas. A few years before that, there was a massive hurricane called Hurricane Harvey. In both of those events, both of those catastrophic events left people in flooded areas during Harvey 
and during the the power the, the snowstorm in uh, Texas all the power went out they didn't have any water Christian hospitality here in Texas a man who owns a large furniture store his name's Jim Magenvale opened his doors to Houston he had a 100,000 square foot showroom all brand new furniture all brand new beds you know what he said come on in they said wait a second this is all new furniture they, he said I don't care he said people are freezing he said come on in you can sleep anywhere you want that's all brand new furniture you can sleep on the beds and he did it because he said I need to do it because people need help that's Christian hospitality he didn't know who these people were all he knew is he needed to do something and he did it because he was a Christian showing hospitality to others he said I'll sell all the furniture later at a discount don't worry about it come on in that's so hospitality that God would have a show for others And then we move forward and we see that Peter says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. You know, when I look around Desert Foothills Lutheran Church, and Becky and I have been a member here for, members here for about two and a half years, we see so many gifts. When we think about gifts, we think about time, talent, treasures. And we see so many ways gifts are being used to support the ministry here to share God's word with others, to bless others. In Bible studies, men and women are teaching Bible studies. In our choir, in the outreach programs like the Dig Deeper program, the digging of a well so people could have water. Pastors who are faithful to the word, Pastor Mark and Pastor Jeremy. When you look at that, what are those gifts that we have? And tonight I want to challenge you to consider the gifts that God has blessed you with. What are they? And you might think, oh, wow, financial, talent. You know what? A gift can be something simple as, as talking to one another. Talking to someone who maybe doesn't have anyone to talk to. I'll give you a story. This happened when I was a pastor in Lincoln, Nebraska at Christ Lutheran Church, and I was out with a parishioner one day, and we were having lunch. And like most of you and all of us probably, praying over lunch, asking God to bless the food that comes from his hand. And the server came over, and she took our order, and she came back, and we said, well, we're going to pray, and how can you, and, and she said, well, and here's your food. And we said, Okay, I said, how can we pray for you today? Just a simple comment. She started sobbing. She started sobbing. She was crying so hard. And I said, okay, are you okay? Can you sit down for a minute? What's going on? And we found out that she was a single mom. She was working three jobs, barely getting by, needed help. By the way, later we did find uh, in the church, we did find her some help, some resources to help her out so she could be home with her kids more. And then she said something that I've never forgotten. 
She said, no one has ever prayed for me. I said, what? She said, no one in my entire life has ever prayed for me. You know, when we talk about the gifts that we have in sharing the gospel of Jesus, sharing his grace, there's so many things that we can do. And sometimes it can just be sitting down and sharing God's word or a prayer with people. You don't have to dig a well. And I want you to think about that tonight. What gifts have you been blessed with that God has blessed you with that you can share with others so that they may come to know Jesus? Peter goes on in his letter and he says that we are to be good stewards of God's grace. That's what we're talking about tonight. How are we going to be good stewards of the grace that God has blessed us with? He said, whoever serves, we do it by the strength of God. That's what we do. He said that everything may be glorified through Jesus Christ. So, If we close tonight, I want to finish with like I said, the heart of this message was really in 1 Peter 4, verse 8, and we're talking about love. The love and forgiveness that we have in Christ Jesus. And there was something Pastor Mark said in his sermon on Sunday. By the way, I was listening. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, but he said, back in the first, second centuries, the cross was a symbol of execution. The cross was a symbol of murder. The cross was a horrific icon. But then that changed. The cross became something of beauty. Something that we look to. The wondrous cross. Lift high the cross. So many hymns. And when we think about it, did the cross change? No. You know what changed the cross? the love of Christ for you and me in his suffering and death on that cross. That is where we find the beauty of the cross in Christ's love for you and me. And that's what I want you to take away tonight. Christ's amazing love for you and the gift that you've been blessed with in believing in him, eternal life, and to use those gifts that you've been given by his grace, to go out in the world and tell others so that they too may have eternal life just as we do. Above all, love each other deeply. That means everyone, not just your friends, because love covers a multitude of sins. Christ went to the cross and he took our sins with him. We are forgiven people. And it was closed tonight. I think it's important that we close as Peter did in this chapter. He says, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one serves by the strength of God that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him, to God, belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.